Joining us now, Bill Graham, who's running for governor on the Republican side. Bill, good morning. Appreciate the time. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. How are good, you? Good. I'm good. I'm good. How's everything in Raleigh? Everything is great in Raleigh. Uh, Bill, appreciate the time. Uh, let me start here. Why are you running for governor? Running to bring a conservative future to all of North Carolina, and um, I'm afraid if my opponent wins, uh, we'll lose that conservative future. So uh, I want to bring lower taxes, uh, safer communities, and more parental involvement with schools. And so that's the three points of the plan. And um, yeah, things are going well, and I'm I'm, I'm having fun. I, I want to dive into all of that a, a little bit more, but but first I want to start here. You mentioned your opponent. Who who is your opponent right now, Bill? Rob Mark Robinson. Uh, so are, are you saying, Bill, that if Mark Robinson were to win this primary, there would not be a, a conservative future for North Carolina? That's that's exactly right. Um, he he has said some um, uh, outlandish things uh, on the public stump um, during an office and and while he's on the campaign trail. You know, he called the hol- Holocaust hogwash, uh, which you know I pointed out in ads on television. He said that women are here to be subservient to men. None of that is conservative. That's just crazy talk. Um, it, it there's nothing about him that is conservative. Conservative is lowering taxes. Conservative is uh, making the community safer. Uh, I'm a former prosecutor. I know how to do that. Uh, conservatives uh, is, is getting more parental involvement involved in your children's education. He promised that he had one thing he said he was going to do as lieutenant governor. He said he was going to go up there and fix the woke uh, education system, and he didn't even show up for work. So um, that's not conservative not to show up for work. I'll bet your listeners, as they're driving into their work, if they didn't show up, they wouldn't have a job. So, um, you know, that's, that's not conservative. Dale Falwell is also running for governor on the Republican side. He's the state treasurer. You mentioned Mark Robinson, some of the differences you have with him. What are the other differences that you have with your competition in this primary? Well, I think I've um, already demonstrated that I can have a positive effect on taxes, um, your listeners may remember this has been some time ago, um, but um, I, I was successful in getting the gas tax reduced uh, years ago when uh, Hurricane Katrina hit, and uh, that capped the gasoline tax. So I have experience in this area. Uh, I, I would say my friend, my good friend Dale Falwell, uh, has been a fantastic treasurer for North Carolina, uh, and I can't thank him enough for that service. John, do you think there should be a debate between those running for the nomination? Absolutely. I've, I've asked Mark Robinson, you know, through uh, various media outlets, including this one now, um, sure, let's debate. I'll, I'll do it anywhere, anytime with anyone. Has he responded to your request for debates? No, no, he's scared of debate. He won't do it. Uh, let's, let me ask you about your run for governor in 2008, Bill. What did you learn during that race that might help you this time around? Well, I, you know, I learned uh, that, you know, you got to take a direct message to the folks. Um, and you got to tell them exactly what you're going to do. And then you have to draw a contrast about what your vision for the state is. And um, I think last time that contrast was a little muddled. Uh, times were different then. We didn't have the social media that we have today. We, don't, we didn't have Zoom as we have today. So the campaigning of it is easier, but the, the message and the repetitive nature of, of the message that you've got to get out with all the various channels and the streaming and uh, outlets that we have today are more and more numerous, so you have to draw that contrast and repeat it very, very often. 
visiting with Bill Graham, who's running for governor uh, on the North on the Republican side. Uh, Bill, you mentioned some of the media and how that's changed in North Carolina. I'm curious how you think the state has changed now versus when you ran for governor 16 years ago. Well, we have a lot more folks in from different parts of the country, particularly in Raleigh. As you know, your your listener demographic now is radically different than it was uh, 15 years ago, and uh, so is the case in Charlotte um, and in and, and Greensboro and Winston-Salem and Hotpoint and Asheville and Wilmington. A lot of folks moving into Wilmington. So we have folks from other parts of the country and, in fact, other parts of the world that have moved to North Carolina. Um, somebody let our secret out. But um, you, you know you have to get to those folks and introduce them. This is this is what we do here in North Carolina. These are the issues, and um, it, it's a different demographic uh, base now than than it was then. You mentioned a few minutes ago about Dale Falwell, who's been a, the state treasurer, Mark Robinson, who's also your opponent for this race. Does it help you, Bill, in this race that you're not part of the the state government uh, right now? Well, I think so, because uh, folks want to change. They want safer communities, as I talked about. They want their taxes lowered. They want to uh, – one of the things that I've been pushing is the no tax on food uh, to fight inflation. That, that's going to help folks out at the grocery store. You, you know, you, before the pandemic to now, we're paying 20 percent more for almost everything we buy. And uh, those, the rate of inflation has come down, but the prices haven't come down. So I think getting rid of the tax on food uh, that is remaining is a positive impact for everyone's pocketbook. The other thing that I'm pushing, and I already have a bill introduced on this, is to eliminate the tax on overtime. So all your listeners that are hourly workers, they if they worked over that 40-hour work week, that next hour of pay would be tax-free. Uh, we need to get to things like that to put more money in the pockets of the folks that earned it in the first place. So coming from the outside is a benefit because, you know, you if you get in, inside and into the minutiae too much, you lose sight of, of what your goals should be. And uh, I think not being in state government is a big plus, and I think the people are going to respond accordingly. You also said, Bill, that you would tax retirees who stay in the workforce. Why is that a point of emphasis for you? Uh, well, the sorry, repeat your question. Yeah, the, one thing you should One thing you should never do on radio, never have an interview near a fire station. <laughs> uh, why would you tax the retirees that stay in the workforce? Why is that a point of emphasis for you? Um, well, I'm not sure that I would. Um, who said they would? I, I thought I, I thought I read where you said you would have a tax on retirees who stay in the workforce. No. Okay. Uh, you also said you would give. I don't know. I don't. I don't know where that tank came from. What <laughs> I was trying to uh, communicate was I would not tax overtime. Mm. Uh, for folks that worked over a 40-hour work week. That was the, the, the thrust of that, that tax issue. Uh, you also said you would give a first-time homebuyer a $5,000 tax credit. How do you encourage yes. people to, to buy houses that are worried about interest rates and they feel like they can't afford to buy a home? Would that $5,000 be that much of an incentive? Well, any incentive plus a, reduce, a reduction in interest rates would, would help out that first-time homebuyer. They could also take that $5,000 and use it to apply to a down payment if you got the banks to uh, participate in that program. But um, any help for any first-time homebuyer uh, that the state can uh, provide is going to help get that first-time homebuying family into a home and start realizing the American dream. It, affordability of housing is a big, big issue in North Carolina. 
not the least of which is in Raleigh and Charlotte and those other cities that I mentioned. And we've got to do something to help out those first-time home-buying families. Uh, you also said you would create the North Carolina Family Values Commission. What would that commission look like? Start to make sure that we're teaching our children, um, you know, the, the, the basics and not getting off into these uh, woke areas of education where we're trying to indoctrinate children rather than educate them. So, you know, that's, that's one of the chief things that, um, that I'm, I'm after. What, what would you say the woke areas are that we're seeing in education, Bill? Well, folks are upset about the, the transgender thing and um, you know, teaching children, uh, that uh, encouraging them to uh, move away from the sex that they're born with or consider moving away from the sex that they're born with. And we, we ought not to be in the business of doing that. We ought to be in the business of teaching reading and writing and, and arithmetic and those kinds of things. And um, civics is, is sorely lacking in our education system today. So we need to get back to um, you know, teaching the basic values of American history as well. Uh, Bill, we spoke last week on our show with U.S. Eastern District Attorney Michael Easley, and he targeted fentanyl and human trafficking as some of the big issues in North Carolina. As you mentioned earlier, you're a former prosecutor. Uh, what have you seen as it relates to human trafficking and fentanyl and their impact on North Carolina? Yeah, I agree with him on that, um, and I've, I've had an ad on that very topic. Fentanyl um, is so toxic and so poisonous and so lethal that um, even a small dosage will, will kill a human being. And so there's really, in my mind, as a result, no difference between uh, uh, giving a uh, dosage of fentanyl to uh, an individual and, and a bullet, uh, because you're just as dead. And so we've got to get tough on trafficking. We've got to get tough, tough on uh, the border. And this is where this fentanyl is coming from, is over the border. Uh, and, and, I, and I again, call on the Biden administration in Washington to get their act together and, and get this done. But... Um, you know, we need to toughen penalties for all kinds of drug um, dealers and abusers and traffickers, but particularly that of fentanyl because of it. It needs to be in its own category as far as I'm concerned under uh, Chapter 20 in the criminal code. But it, it it's just so deadly. Even the mishandling of fentanyl by a healthcare worker can result in a death. If you were elected governor, Bill, what were the specific things you would do to help address the fentanyl crisis and human trafficking as well? Because we do have, as you know, I-95 in eastern North Carolina, which is a, a mm -hmm. big hub for human traffickers. Yeah, I, I would make sure that we toughen the penalties for that and then back up our law enforcement for enforcement of uh, uh, you know drug traffickers, drug dealers, and put more folks on the street. That's what you have to do. We're, we're undermanned and understaffed. And a lot of our drug enforcement uh, uh, units across the state. So uh, work with the sheriffs, work with local police departments and the chiefs, uh, and make sure that we have all the tools that they need to enforce the laws and, and make those laws having to do with particularly fentanyl and other drugs, methamphetamines being among them, to make those laws tougher and, and actually enforce the law and stop you know, letting folks get on the probation merry-go-round as we have in the past. That was a problem years ago, and we, we toughened the sentences, and folks had to serve out their time, and presto changeo, the, um, the crime rate went down. And particularly, we got to get serious with juvenile crimes. Juveniles are getting, um, uh, juvenile crime is getting out of hand in the big cities, and we need to attack that as well. Visiting with Bill Graham, who's running for governor on the Republican side. You were earlier this year in this uh, election cycle, Bill, endorsed by North Carolina senior Senator Tom Tillis for the governor's race. What did that endorsement do for your campaign? 
Well, it, you know, a welcome endorsement. Obviously, um, you know, Senator Tillis has done a wonderful service to his to the state, but um, you know, folks don't really think about endorsements when they walk into the voting booth. They're picking the candidate that they think will bring that conservative future to, uh, to North Carolina. And I know my you know my other opponents have have gotten endorsements as well. Um, but folks, when they go into the voting booth, they don't think about the endorsements. They don't. Um, they're they're trying to pick who's going to be best for their family and their community and their future, and and that's why people you know pull the lever or uh, mark in the uh, the oval there before they you know cast their ballot. So that's what they really think about. Um, that's what I think about. Uh, you know, what's the future going to be like, and who can I pick to Where can- make sure that that future is fulfilled. Where can people go to learn more about your plans and your campaign, Bill? Uh, BillGrahamForGovernor.com. Um, and um, we, um, you know, you can donate online. You can see what the plan is for the future of North Carolina, that conservative future that I talked about. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to a victory here in the primary in a few weeks. Uh, I would remind your voters that uh, early voting starts the day after Valentine's Day, so don't forget that. But, um we're, uh, we're encouraging everybody to get out there and vote, let their vote, voice be heard. Bill Graham running for governor on the Republican side. Bill, I certainly appreciate the time today, and I look forward to having you back on the morning show very soon. We'll be back anytime you like. Y'all have a good day. Be safe out there, and have a good week in Raleigh.